The following program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Welcome to Life in Colorado. Hello, I'm your host, Louis Gonzalez, and this week is interesting. We are speaking to Eric Eibeljorg, Executive Director of Mile High 360, and another special guest, Laura Gonzalez, who's been a member of Mile High 360 for uh, quite a number of years now. So, guys, uh, what is going on? Well, it's so nice to be invited to to your radio show. And, um, you know, Mile High 360 has been around now for almost 15 years. And, wow. and Laura's been with the organization for 13 years. And I've been with the organization as a member for 12 years. That's amazing. Well, actually, why don't you tell us, uh, and this question will go to both of you, why don't you uh, tell us about yourselves and how you came to Mile High 360. Sure. Laura, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I was introduced to it in middle school. And back then, we had squash as a sport. And it was just really cool to me. It was a sport that I had never seen before. Right. And I tried out, and Eric didn't want me. <laughs> and so I had to wait another year, and I tried out again. And, like, the whole year that I waited, I had friends who were in the program that – seemed like they were doing so many cool things other than, like, the sport itself. Like, they got help with, like, academics and got to take a lot of trips. And that's something that I, like, love doing. I love, you know, going out of state, taking trips and learning other things. So I decided to try it again. And I got in, and I've been here since. That's awesome. Yeah. And Eric? Yeah. And, and, and so I joined Mile High 360 in 2011, April 1st, actually, and and the organization had started in um, late 2008. Um, a friend of mine, Greg Quarter, started the organization back then. And um, when I joined and when Laura first joined, there were like 15 middle school students in the program, maybe 20 middle school students wow. in the program and three full-time staff. And, and now in a budget of roughly $160,000, and now we're at 120 plus students and a full-time staff of 10 and a part-time staff of two um, and programming that runs from ages 11 through age 24 and even includes second generation. So, so parents mm. are, are now participating in programming. It's, it's been a really unbelievable journey over the last kind of 13 years. So tell us, what, is, what exactly is the mission objective of Mile High 360? What do you offer? Yeah, so I think... The, we talk about the mission and kind of what drives us is, is this idea that socioeconomic status, you know, whether should not be something that limits a child's future, right? That right. your zip code shouldn't be what sets you up for success or a lack of success. Um, and so we offer really a community, I think, Laura, that, that is driven at providing all of its members, all of its students, ages 11 through 24, access to out-of-school time resources that are really essential for educational and life success. Mm. All right. Um, and, and when I say out-of-school time, I really mean after-school weekends and summertime. And we run 12 months a year okay. um, with students here kind of pretty much nonstop. And uh, Laura, what's, what's your experience been like? Um, well, basically what Eric said it has really been a journey thinking it was only going to be for me like during my middle school time and as the years went by like they extended it to high school and I thought my time was going to be over then and then they continued to extend it 
for college. So I really had like mm. their help and support throughout the entire thing, like with academics, traveling, like going and getting internships with them, working with them as well. Right. It's, it's been a good experience overall. That's awesome. And, and you're pretty close to actually graduating from college? Or closer? Yes, I, I'm hopefully graduating in December, and so I'm in my last year of college right now. That's awesome. So, Eric, who is eligible to participate in Mile High 360? Are there any specific criteria that students must meet? Yeah, right. I, it's a great question. We, we partner with Bryant-Webster Dual Language ECE through 8th grade school. Um, which is over in the Highlands, the Title I school. Okay. Um, and then we also partner with CEC Early College, um, which is also a Title I school. And so right. one of, one of the, the driving um, variables is that you are, everyone who's here is a first-generation college-bound student. Mm. So their, their parents, their guardians, did not themselves attend a, a post-secondary institution. Okay. And that, that's one of the, the driving characteristics of, of our membership. Uh, so I was going to ask you, uh, if you could walk us through kind of like a typical day or week at Mile High 360, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and feel that question over to Laura, since she's yeah. obviously a student and um, has benefited from uh, the programs that you guys offer. Yeah, well, I haven't been here as much now that I'm in college, right. but it's usually half academics, half sports. Now they're not doing squash, but they have cycling. Mm -hmm. So I know that the students come in, do academics, and then go biking and things like that. Okay. For me now, um, I come here whenever I want, whenever <laughs> I need help with anything. Um, sometimes I, you know, have lunch with Eric. He helps me get things figured out with school or with Caitlin, another um, member that works here. Mm -hmm. She's awesome. And I've gotten so many opportunities. I sometimes come in, work at the garden, or just help with events alongside Eric and things like that. I'm speaking. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was, I was going to. I was going to add that. So Laura, at, at 23, 23 years old, holy moly, um, <laughs> is, is experiencing a, a very different week now as, mm. as a college student, and, and our programming, you know, over the course of a week or a month, might is going to include academic support for middle school students. And it, that's going to include tutoring, and it's going to include study skills support, and it might include instruction in, in composition. And then it's going to include a health and wellness component. And, and Laura mentioned bike riding. All of our kids right. bike ride as part of physical activity. But it also includes nutrition work and, yeah. and human development classes and access to mental health resources. Sure. Um, and then our life skills support might come in, in the summertime and you're traveling to camps and you're doing internships and financial literacy classes and service learning. Um, and we have a mentor program that runs kind of outside of the daily, of the day, daily operations, right? That students are paired with, with an adult in the community that's really interested in, in growing up, um, you know, in partnership. With, with, with another member of the community. And so they're spending time together, kind of expanding each other's worldviews. Um, so much is happening over a, a day, a week, a month, a year, a decade in Laura's case. Hmm. I'm here speaking with Eric Eidel-Jorg, uh, Executive Director for Mile High 360 and a member of Mile High 360 for about 12 or so, 12 plus years, Laura Gonzalez. So, uh, how exactly do you ensure that the programming at Mile High 360 is tailored to meet the individual needs of each student? 
Sure. I, I think that for ensuring that we're meeting the needs of each individual student, we work with a small, relatively small group of, of, of student members okay. who have really close relationships with our staff members and, and feel really comfortable sharing what they need in particular. And so everyone is attending either academic classes, service learning, they're engaging in athletic activity or, or mental health programming. And then they're asking for something specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Laura kind of alluded to coming in and working with Caitlin Mendenhall, who oversees our post-secondary um, programming, mm-hmm. and asking for something specific. Um, and so without speaking for Laura, Laura might come in and ask for help with a scholarship that's right. really specific to her, right, and, and, and get that kind of assistance. Is, is that an accurate kind of representation? No, yeah, Laura? that's exactly what I was thinking. I know, like, even with members that are on my age group, like Victor or Brian, we're doing such totally different things, but everybody is still able to help us very uniquely in that aspect, the way Eric says that mm-hmm. we come in and ask for something or something is brought to our attention that we could, you know, better, and we get that individual help. And it's really cool. Like he said, we get our, I don't know about anybody. I, th- I think pretty much for everybody in this program, yeah. we have been able to like really build the connection. Like I know I have a really good connection with Eric and a, a lot of the other ones here. And it's nice because you, you have that ability to come and ask like whatever it is, whether it's, personal, financial, like, like academics and things like that. Right. Anything that they, they, they will always present like an opportunity or a solution to help you. Can you tell us more about the academic assistance programming offered at Mile High 360? Yeah. So that's one of the, they, I, that's where I, the reason I'm where I'm at today. Okay. Um, I love like the, the whole physical activity cause that's just what I like to do, but they always presented it academics comes first Mm -hmm. and which is awesome because as a first generation student, that's where we want to go. You know, our parents didn't get to have the opportunity and that's all they want for us. Right. And they they always push that aspect. If you were falling behind or they saw you were slacking, they were, there was a way for them to get a tutor to you to help you in anything. Now that I'm in post-secondary, I'm always coming to Caitlin to help me with like financial aid issues, regist- like registering for classes, choosing what the best, even like something as small as like, what should my schedule look like? How can I do that? Right. Like from someone who has graduated, we don't have our parents to go to, or some of us are lucky. I know I have my sisters mm-hmm. that are older and have already graduated, but a lot of us are stepping in there with no siblings, no parents, nobody around them to ask. And they're all members and students here are able to come in and ask questions with even if it's again, like if it's a class that they're struggling with or not knowing how to schedule their time, we, we always get that help. And Laura, how exactly did they how exactly did My Hot 360 support you with college preparation and the college application process? My senior year of high school and probably even before that, that topic always came in that we're we're here like we're doing community service we're going out on trips we're doing academic time to get to college to get to post-secondary right so it started at a very young age Mm -hmm. but closer to senior year they made sure they presented like a million scholarships that we were able to do college visits which were like my favorite thing because that's the way that i decided where i wanted to go sure 
and they really sat with you and you know after school every day we had to work on applications we had to work on our resumes and all that getting it together to get ready to submit it for when that time came so eric this is really important how do you approach mental health support for students and what resources are available to them yeah mental health has become much more important over the last several years and and we don't look at mental health as a mental illness We, we look at mental health as as having the ability to recognize in yourself your strengths and weaknesses, your ability to understand the resources that are around you and whether or not you can access those resources and leverage them for your own well-being and success right. both in school and in life. So while we don't have an MFW or a therapist on staff, we're heading that direction, okay. but we are able to bring together the community resources, whether it's through Denver Health or the Shiloh House, and, and connect our students with either, you know, a therapist on hand, right? Right, um, sure. Or, or someone else who has a, a professional skill, if, if that's needed. And then I think a wonderful thing that we're doing and that Laura has been part of is that we've been working with our um, post-secondary a group of seven students, and they've been trained over the last two years to actually help facilitate conversations with high school seniors and their parents and guardians about the stresses and kind of the resources that are at their fingertips in making that transition from high school into a post-secondary institution. And Laura was one of those members that that participated in that along with Francie, who's at CSU, and and, and Ale and Fernando, all of whom are now working with younger students in in our program and their parents, helping them prepare for that leap, right? And I really do consider it a leap. I, I think it's such a, a big change from, from high school to post-secondary. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think that certain people of a particular generation would kind of wave off or even laugh off some of the mental health uh, problems that kids of today may experience. It's a terrible tragedy, really. Uh, because a lot of these students really need help. They're stressing out with many things at home uh, and at school. So I'm glad that uh, you offer resources to uh, help them through that. And I, I think really we learned this from talking with our, with our students. We conducted 22 interviews with students just two years ago, Laura, mm-hmm. roughly. Yeah. And, and we heard directly from the students right. just how important it was to have access to, to mental health resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and that their parents might also want access to mental health resources. Just like wanting access to a gym for one's physical health, people were clamoring for resources to become stronger in their own mental health. Exactly. Uh, Eric, can you tell us more about the life skills experiences offered at Mile High 360? And maybe, Laura, you can kind of chime in and tell us how you benefited from those. I'm, I'm happy to start on the life skills. And sure. If you want to say whatever you want. The, our life skills portion really is kind of spans a, a, a number of opportunities. And so it starts with opportunities to travel in the summertime. And that mm-hmm. might mean going out and, and going to camp. And, and we partner with um, a thousand summer nights. And our students have opportunities to go to overnight camp, you know, three, four, five weeks and experience the outdoors in a way that very few people have an opportunity to experience, right? And really challenge themselves. Right. Um, and that also includes service learning. And so some of our students do service learning trips um, and, and go out and work on sustainable gardens and, and look at how do, how do you 
feed yourself, you know, through a garden over time without producing waste. And it also includes financial literacy, which we've tried in a number of ways. I don't think we've ever done it really well um, over the time because it's very complicated, certainly. Okay. And it, it, it also includes internships, um, whether we're, we're helping find internships. And I think Laura has done a couple of internships through us. And that might be about it, but that's within the... We also, have, we also have had a speaker series Lisa, as one of the other components with someone like James Mejia coming to talk with students about his experience as a first-generation college student right? Um, and, and what that means and, and how, how he has prioritized or privileged education as a tool. Um, Laura, if you, if you, can you add to, to my comments? Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention, like, the whole – I. Personally, I feel like what I've gotten from this whole program is the skills to take your opportunities, but also like take accountability. I know that's something that, again, like coming from a first generation family and being that first generation student and our parents not knowing a lot of these things, you you kind of feel like, oh, well, you know, they don't know what they're doing. I feel like I could slack off in like these aspects. Right. And coming into this program, like getting the opportunity, again, to travel, but you still, you know, you had to live up to these certain expectations. And if you messed up, you take accountability and try again. Mm -hmm. And I know I've lost out on a couple opportunities because I was just slacking off and it was like the worst thing because that's all I wanted to do is like take every opportunity. But I knew in the back of my head, I needed to put my part in. And like service learning, traveling, that's all like, at the moment, it's just like so fun to me. And I'm like, oh, I love being here. Mm -hmm. But like looking back at it, it's been like, I got so many skills off of there. I know um, Eric helped me go to Andover Phillips Academy um, my junior year of high school. And I was so scared. And for a while, I did not want to take the opportunity because I was just scared. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I ended up doing it. And that's like all I talk about all the time. Right. Or, you know, or even traveling for, um, what is it called? Competitions. and tournaments? Yeah, tournaments. There we go. Yeah, traveling for tournaments or now like being a part of the service learning and working in the garden, it's like awesome. Like it, it like sounds weird to say like, oh, I've learned so much from working in the garden, but I really come do this here and go like take it home. And, you know, now I'm trying to like get my family to start a garden and to start composting and things like that. I'm speaking with Eric Idle-Yorg, Executive Director of Mile High 360 and Laura Gonzalez, member of Mile High 360. So, Eric, uh, tell us about volunteer opportunities. Uh, where can people go? What can people do? Volunteering is, is such an important part of, of, of our community here. And, and participating in the lives of others and with others is a really powerful way to contribute to a, a changing life or in a, a community like ours. And so on, on our website at milehigh360.org, there is a volunteer tab or pull down where you can click and, and re- click in and, and receive information like our volunteer handbook. It will ask you, are you interested in volunteering with academics? Do you want to go on bike rides? Do you want to chaperone trips? Maybe you want to mentor. And there's a whole mentoring section and handbook. And, and we'll put you in contact with, with Carlos Torres, mm-hmm. who oversees our mentoring program. It's just a, a wonderful way for all of our members, all of our stakeholders, student members, adult members, staff members, um, to come together all under kind of one mission, right, of, of, of providing access and opportunity 
so that a student can make big choices in life about where they're going. Right. Can you tell us more, just a, a bit more about the mentor program at Mile High 360? Yes, yeah, so the mentoring program was started actually in 2008, and it was so difficult to, to run that we actually let it last in around 2012 or 13, mm-hmm. and yet we decided with, with students sharing kind of how powerful it was to have a mentor, we brought it back in 2021, and we hired Carlos Torres, um, and he can be reached at carlost at milehigh360.org. Okay. We hired Carlos to regenerate our mentoring program and provide a really comprehensive network of relationships between students and adults. Mm. And, and, and he provides opportunities for students and adults to do activities together. And then as the, those relationships mature, then they go off on their own and do things that the student really wants to do on, you know, he or she is really interested in, or they decide what they want to do together and go off and, and explore Denver and, and opportunities. But it's really become clear that I've seen some of the emails shared from mentors about how powerful it is for them to connect with young people. Sure. Um, it's really clearly a powerful experience, not just for the student, but for the adult as well. Um, it, it just really is a, a critical part of our organization, it seems like. Uh, one, one aspect of the programming that you offer is teaching financial literacy to students. That's something that I wish I had learned at around 12 or 13 years old. Can you tell me what, um, what's that like and what, what topics are covered? Yes, I, I can tell you a little bit about that. And I think I mentioned earlier that it's, it's an area where we've, we've stumbled here and there and, mm-hmm. and we've, tried, we've tried everything from teaching about kind of basic budgeting. Sure. How do you create a budget? Right. How do you, how do you apply for and set up you know, a savings account versus your kind of spending account, mm-hmm. right, and, and, and doing that? And, and, um, and Laura has set up a, a 529 um, and thinking about family and kind of long term, right? right? Um, but we are also, I, I, I don't know whether it's, it's good or bad to admit, we're also in the midst of redoing our financial literacy program because okay. we didn't feel it was addressing the issues that students wanted. Laura, if, if you were, you know, I've asked you about what you felt was really important. If you could speak to like what you are really interested in in financial literacy. Yeah, I, I think it's super important, and I like that you guys are going back and, you know, fixing what you guys thought wasn't reaching, you know, the members because a lot of where I come from and I know a lot of these, like, other students come from, I know, like, that isn't taught. And I what I would be personally interested in, you know, I want everything really, like, budgeting, how to set up a savings account, how to get, like, your first home and, and all of these things that will eventually, like, set up your kids and generations after that. Um, we I don't see that personally in my culture a lot, you know, where you have things set up or just like a 529, like once you tell me about that, mm-hmm. I have a almost two-year-old son. And I was like, I have to do that. You know, I've seen my mom like struggle, my parents struggle to help me and right. me struggle to like get, you know, email financial aid a million times because I needed more money, you know? So mm-hmm. the way, you know, Eric coming in and saying we need this, like, although we get that financial, you know, support for them to sit down and call financial aid with us is one thing, right. but being able to teach us that, like how to do that on our own and manage our money and to go back that and give that to like the next generation is like, I'm just so excited about it. I know I 
I'm really into like financial and like savings and all that, but but it's because it comes from a place where I didn't have that. I never had that like financial security. Right. So I I think it's really interesting, Laura, that you brought up the generation piece of thinking ahead to the next generation is how you're framing your financial literacy interests. Right. Right. Of of growth over time and setting up your next, the next generation of of Gonzalez's. Yeah. So to speak. Uh, So Laura, why don't you go ahead and tell some of the parents or maybe grandparents out there listening why Mile High 360 would work really well with uh, their kids or grandkids? I think it would work well for anybody really that's interested in pursuing or even not pursuing like post-secondary. They really come in and teach you many life skills, like even like social academics. There's just so many aspects to it that anybody that comes in is going to at least get one piece to take home with them. And that's an everyday thing. Every day that you come in and do community service or do academics, learn something out in the garden, Mm -hmm. you're going to go home with a piece of knowledge that you didn't have before. And not only that, you're going to be presented, the longer you're here, the more you put in your part, you're going to keep getting presented more and more opportunities. And Eric, why don't you go ahead and give out that uh, that website, contact info again. Yes, the website is milehigh. 360.org. And it, it's a very clear website, I, I think. I don't want to overstate it. Um, but there, there's a section for contacting us and, and reaching out. I just received actually an email the other day from an interested parent at North High School who was reaching out to sign up her son who's a ninth grader. Right. Um, and it, it, it's a really wonderful way. And obviously, even though we partner with CEC Early College and Bryant Webster, we do have students from other local schools, all, all of which are, are, are Title I schools. Okay. Um, it's just that our relationships may not run as deep um, as another school. Uh, well, Eric Idle-York, Executive Director of Mile High 360, Laura Gonzalez, member of Mile High 360, thank you for uh, joining me on the show and for being a part of Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687 or email us at lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.